Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. This is David. At the end of the episode, Mark and I continue to discuss artists that have the same names and other sidetrack conversations that don't have much to do with Steve McConnell. It's an interesting discussion, but feel free to skip it if you just want to hear us talk about Steve McConnell. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Um, this time we're talking about the Messianic Worship album Yeshua by Steve McConnell. Have you met Steve McConnell personally? I don't know if I have. I was going to ask you the same question. I don't know if, if you met him because I think the last time I met him was quite a long time ago. Um, so it was pre, um, you know, pre-Pair Republic, pre-Trees Will Know. So it was definitely in the yeah. death days. I met him at either the, I think, 2005, 2004 um, Messianic Conference. He was performing there in worship and at the last minute they needed a bass player for their performance so I wasn't that experienced on the bass guitar I'm still not that great um, when it comes to brand new music or reading sheets like it certainly wasn't complicated stuff but I think I did a just an an okay job but he appreciated uh, me filling in and then a year later or so I had the idea for performing Shabbat Menucha or doing our own version of it. I think we already had the, I already had that version of the song uh, before you joined the band or it was around the same time. Yeah, exactly. I think you guys had performed a couple times, maybe just in practice. And that was my first time hearing about him. And that was one of the new songs you had for Netzer before Steadfast was recorded. It was an enjoyable song. Yeah. He certainly has a lot of songs that are popular within the Messianic community. Even though he's he's been around for now a couple decades, um, a lot of the Messianic classics have been are much older than that. But it's, these songs are, I'd still say, are are relatively popular considering their how recent they are. Um, but not all the songs are are like that. And and Shabbat Menucha, I don't think I'd really heard before. So that song resonated with me from that and and we did our own version he he was very very generous with his time and really interested into it and hearing our cover covering music has has a pretty straightforward thing that it's a good balance of where the original creator also gets revenue from the cover song but it's not a prohibitive amount so it kind of benefits both them both and you also bring exposure to the original song as well yeah so the, that song isn't on this album, but um, we did cover it, and I think it was a it was at least a good studio version. It's a little interesting. Like we were this hard rock uh, heavy band covering uh, the Steve McConnell song, and I think his his uh, version on the piano ends up being a little heavier than ours because uh, ours is so reggae and just a little laid back. I appreciate I enjoy both versions of it. I think his songs are are very traditional um, as far as like it's a very strong um, Jewish music influence. Um, So that only is he taking a lot 
almost everything directly from the scriptures. He's also, he was, and maybe still is a, a worship leader at a Messianic synagogue on the East Coast. He'd been doing it for a while before um, someone at his uh, synagogue offered to pay the recording costs for the first album. That's cool. Yeah. A main focus for touring or playing at conferences, so he certainly did. Um, so it seemed like more about getting the songs out and getting the, the CDs out. His website is no longer active. Um, mm-hmm. You know, never had much of a internet presence. Have you ever heard of or used the Wayback Machine on Internet Archive? Yeah, internet. Yeah, I have. It's good. It's a, it's very. I'm super thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, is it easy on there. The original website isn't up there. You know, um, the website used to be wedelight.com, which was the uh, name of the first album, and then he had yeah. a bio on messianicmusic.com. Uh, neither of them are are active. I think now. I visited his website back in around uh, like 2007. Is probably yeah. when I would have visited it. It definitely has a late 90s kind of feel. I, I don't think it was, the website was really updated that much after the first album in the mid 90s, um, just with mm-hmm. information. A couple of things that are also neat. The full lyrics and the full chords are available on there. Um, so I think oh, that was handy. The CDs that he was selling directly, he actually wasn't really interested in making a profit from it around 2004. Um, the entire, all the profits from the CDs were going to an organization called Hevra, was providing aid for Holocaust survivors that moved to the United States. You know, that was a Jewish organization, not a Messianic organization, but it's an impressive that he's doing that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great cause. Sort of a concept album feel, where they're all thematically linked. This album was the most recent one. Uh, Yeshua was released in 2004. I don't know yeah. if, uh, if he's retired or I really like the artwork um, for the four different albums that he released. And there mm-hmm. is something that was pretty cool. And with the Yeshua album, the album description explains the cover artwork. Um, yeah. did, you, did you notice the symbolism in the cover artwork? No, I, it looks kind of like an eye and a face, but I, I thought that was maybe his name in yeah. Aramaic. Yeah, so it's a it's a play on that. So it is Yeshua in the in Hebrew. There's two different ways to write Hebrew. There's the formal writing, which you see most often, and it's what's used in the Bible. Um, but this is the hand this is the handwriting way. So that is the Yeshua. Yeah, it, and it is intentionally um, supposed to be a face as well. Um, okay. <laughs> you described the artwork that he wanted it to. To come across with a, to express the humanity of Yeshua, while the songs would hopefully uh, talk about the holy part of Yeshua. The album covers a lot of ground, and I, it it also feels very, you know, the Old Testament and the and he like, Jew, the Jewish roots uh, are are woven in here as like plenty too, which is it, it's pretty it's nice. It does really incorporate the prayers and the more common prayers so i did have to look it up if i was searching for the prayers for background information i typically get these songs as the first results um, oh cool yeah which songs of these are the they sounded like prayers 
but yeah, which ones like would you be singing it in a service? One, two, seven, nine, ten, uh -huh. and thirteen. So those songs are all um, traditional Jewish prayers. Now, I'm not from immediately familiar with them like I would with the Shema or or something mm -hmm. like that. It's either um, less common sections or or smaller sections of a bigger prayer where it's not the main section that people know. The ones I didn't mention, they're all they all have uh, scriptural references. Yeah. So the first song it might be my favorite song on the album, Yeshem Adonai. Um, Mine too. Yeah, I think it's it's a catchy song. Uh, people definitely sing it. It's a staple of the Messianic worship. It's taking it sections from Psalm 113. They're common prayers. Um, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord now and for all time. Yeah. But without it being a specific, that's sung all the time, God. And I guess now it is. Um, there's, yeah. I, I really like the clarinet on that. The instrumentation on this song is pretty great. I'm really, on this entire album, I'm impressed by the way that he's able to use the piano and his voice is the primary instrument. Um, but he uses the piano to play melody and percussion and play like the bass and the higher end. And, and then he just, um, but I, then it's really cool. I don't know, like, if he did, if he did all the, like, uh, if he had guest musicians, um, or if, if he wrote these other pieces, but there's like uh, a couple little background vocals coming up uh, on the, uh, in the in this song. There's the clarinet that's really, really cool. Sounds very Jewish um, and very lively. Uh, also, this this does this song sound at all like Western to you? Like uh, I could, it, it almost, it almost feels like it could play under like, uh, like a like a Western movie. <laughs> oh, gotcha! Like a, like horses riding in the in the distance, maybe in a biblical epic. That's a good point. Hey, I hadn't really thought about that. That could, it does kind of have that driving um, rhythm under it. But no, I I certainly hadn't thought of that as, at all. <laughs> um, and it but it definitely has you know it's an example of a you know the jewish music as a genre i think steve mcconnell he uh he played the piano and he sung and um i don't know if the musicians were from uh were from a synagogue or from or the greater messianic community but he definitely didn't play yeah. other instruments on that in this first song that he, he does say sing the name of yeshua at the end in a very like um like victorious and and peaceful uh, and beautiful kind of way at the end towards the end of the song yeah i imagine it like a you know you know it's well it's often in a tour had it played in a tour processional um but that kind of feel like a good like even like yeshua riding on the donkey in the jerusalem kind of feel I feel like that's a theme of this album, too. The next song, um, Hatov Simcha, uh, your name is a beneficent one. So it's from an Amidah. Now, this one might be the most uh, popular Messianic song from the, from the album. Um, it's something that I definitely 
hear a lot. Um, it's often kind of adapted for messianic dance. Yeah. I hadn't realized that it was, you know, recorded this re recently, you know, because it does have a timeless classic feel. Yeah. Yeah, it has an older, older. So sometimes he sounds, uh, it's like, it sounds like music from like the 60s or 70s. Right. Um, and I think that is kind of his genre theme. There is some nice uh, flute. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I may have, um, you know, your congregation, um, you know, seen the performance with the, with the Messianic dance. But I, I, when I when I listen to this song, I, I imagine, um, you know, a dance, a worship dance circle. And you might have uh, seen that from time visiting my my parents' uh, synagogue and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, now those are the only two that I've really heard that much in, in a Messianic synagogue. Um, the rest of the songs, you know, sound familiar, but I don't think I've really heard them mm -hmm. um, in the Messianic context at, outside of listening to this album. Honor, glory, blessing. You know, it's a solid lyrics um you know you purchased us with your blood also the line after that you made us a priestly kingdom which is an mm -hmm. interesting reference it's to me you know priestly kingdom it was mentioned in first peter so yeah. first peter he's but he's talking to the jews or chosen people and continue to be priests blessing god it's a good example of israel still being the chosen people and also, yeah, priestly kingdom versus uh, warrior kingdom. It's serving God versus, you know, through worship instead of uh, battle. Mm -hmm. And the line after that's talking about men of every tongue and tribe. It's nice. It was talking about both Israel and the nations. That's good. But and I, I do like that that connection of it's nice to have that foundation in the history to every tribe and tongue you know, the Lord also provided kind of like a standard for what a priest should be. And then in Yeshua made it even, you know, raised the standard even way higher. There are like words taken directly from Revelation in the song too, which, you know, connects the, the first Peter to that. I think that that's nice. There's like the, to the lamb that was slain. I think the, the power, riches, wisdom, and my the honor and glory and blessing, that's like, that's straight out of Revelation. It's somewhere around like Revelation, like four or five or six. <laughs> right and that is in in there that's like a you know flash forward or or something like that it's with the yeshua album and kind of jumps all over it's using the prophets it's using um the four gospels and it's using revelation and writing about yeshua yeah the hebrew that he sings in here is it just the same as the english so the Hebrew is Revelation 5.13, so it's blessing or honor and glory and power forever be to him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. You know, the Hebrew and English um, don't match up word for word, but it's the same general concept. Yeah, okay, cool. He does that a lot on this album. The track titles lean towards towards Hebrew, Hebrew names, but then within the, the song lyrics themselves, he, he intermixes Hebrew and and English um, back and forth and they they play into each other and I think they elevate each other too at least for me they do yeah I like that Ra'uma Gadla 
Have you sung this in in synagogue at all? I I think I think this would be a, a classic song. You know, I hadn't heard that in uh, in messianic context, which is, is interesting because it's. I think it would be a great song. Yeah, it'd be good like call to worship, right? <laughs> or second praise song you sing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, this one has a full drums on it. Oh yeah, that's true. Interesting. It's still. You know, very uh, piano based, but I like that's a little driving. The Christian artists who were around in the mid '90s, I think a lot of this would this would fit in well with with, with what they were doing. Just kind of the the church the church music I grew up with in the in like the the '90s. Well, uh, behold, he comes, um, which has a similar title as a classic messianic song, but it's a different it's a different song. And there's a lot of good lyrics in this. Like it briefly references Exodus, and then it also goes into the Babylonian exile, which again mm -hmm. um, references the psalm where the Babylonian exiles refuse, don't want to sing joyful songs about Israel because they have to leave Israel. This is a powerful song. You know, in this album, there's, uh, there's tension, I feel like, between this kind of mourning and longing spirit and then also victor victory it would work really well as a psalm to kind of in a way kind of to complain to the lord or cast cast casting cares on the lord but then also to like long long for his his coming and his um and his victory and he, he kind of mentioned you mentioned the the beast like the donkey earlier and this it mentions the writing on the uh the prophet said behold our king is coming riding on a humble beast of burden um from bethlehem to golgotha into the ends of the earth he comes to show the way back to the garden it's pretty cool yeah you you mentioned the timeline the timeline for the for the lyrics where he jumps around i think he does well to kind of capture the history of Jewish people and the, the the faith, and then also to to show the struggle, and then also the Lord's victory in the in the in the past, in the present, in the future. It's also really interesting, you know. There's the Revelation example. I've heard heard that reference before, but it's it's modern day reference, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty unusual for you know worship music. Um, Messianic or Christian. Yeah. 2,000 years have come and gone since Yeshua walked the earth. Right. And it's talking about, you know, now it's land for peace, but I don't believe the words are worth my breath. Um, another Pharaoh tries to drive us to the sea. Talking about like the previous, you know, Arab Israeli wars. Is it talking about not compromise on like a two state solution for Israel and Palestine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask him. Israel's only 70 years old. There was a series of wars over Israel. That was even overt war by the time I'm growing up. So okay. it feels like it was in the past. Peace and then not. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly, you know, it's it's a common thing in, in Passover Seder, which talks about like how there's other people that'll rise up and try to destroy the hebrews or the jews and usually that's like historical and things like that but yeah including the 20th century this kind of this section of the music 
there's felt, felt very, very, very Jewish to me, where there's a, I think, uh, this is felt more klezmer, where and there's a lot, there's lots of Hebrew song, and I kind of put this section of the music, this section of the album together, even like even more Jewish than it's been in the past. Yeah, I agree on that. You're talking about like what song six, seven, and maybe eight. Yeah, around there. Yeah, maybe even past that, but especially around this around this part translation you know so six is lord is exalted he dwells on high be stability in time the nagila the nagila has sounded a little familiar to me musically yeah sounds like a little traditional but maybe he maybe he came up with that maybe it's just because i've heard this album in the past only a few times there's some lyrics i really liked in uh bayom hahu that's kind of an hmm. interesting line I was like, yeah. it is a it is a uh nice catchy uh chorus towards the end i was like this line seems so weird that i was like it it probably is from the bible and i was correct on that <laughs> in the bells of, even the bells of the horses shall be holy unto him so or did they come by, uh, 14 now it, it says like on that day the the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses on the cooking pots of the Lord's house will be like the sacred bowls in front of the altar. So it's, wow. it's kind of interesting. I was like saying that like the nation is so holy that like the common everyday items are also holy or at least, um, or praising God. That's pretty amazing to imagine. Yeah. Or to think about. It's just cause it's uh, such a loving nation hadn't necessarily remembered from the bible i've never i've never thought about that one <laughs> a lot of traditional jewish songs do have speeding up and slowing down uh, tempo like a ramp up and um and slow down and i think that especially works on songs that designed for traditional dancing fun on that like the where the songs change tempo like that and so that's a good example from that I also think that no need for a candle. Yeah, I like that line a yeah, lot. I think that's from uh, Revelation. Yeah, there'll be no nighttime or need for a sun because uh, the Lord is giving light everywhere. That's right on. I think that's what it's referring to. That's a beautiful image too. And it's still, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, but it's a great thing to look forward to. It is. For me, you know, Revelation is is definitely heavily influenced by Left Behind, and it seems like Revelation, like they really never get into full images. Like a, it's it's a little hard to comprehend. C.S. Lewis with uh, Narnia seems to do it seems to do it pretty well, where it seems to be like an understandable otherworldly place. You know, where there's still things that you don't understand with it, but you get a, the feel of the holiness and the vastness and all, all sorts of things with it. Yeah, the tangible goodness, the peace, and like that's like the best place you've ever been. Uh, I like in worship, you know, worship being a place where we're coming before the Lord, and where heaven is a, a place of worship, the presence of the Lord coming into the presence of the Lord, and that 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 is the most peaceful and the best the best feeling and the most glorious place that we could that we can be is in the presence of the lord and in the worship of him
I think that's pretty powerful. I really like how Steve McConnell in kind of invites and as a worship leader, he he brings brings the listener along, brings like he brings me along and kind of brings me into worship. I think he's he's just as a worship leader, he's he's really good. He's he's really talented and bringing bringing inviting the person and then directing our eyes to the Lord. And I think about Steve McConnell, the artist, but I also I'm I, I'm brought into the presence of presence of worship, you know when i'm when i'm listening to these songs yeah no i i agree on that yeah i'm i'm impressed on the next song you know the title is like he's able to take words that aren't that don't seem that singable even though it obviously it it is prayer <laughs> and and do that he rots own milfanecha like maybe it wouldn't be the you know the most popular song but like it is a it is impressive, like being able to, to get the chorus from that. I'm I'm familiar with the English lyrics, at least. Um, like maybe I think, at least at our synagogue, we do some of the Hebrew prayers, and we might go longer on the English section. Section. Honestly, this the Amidah is a is a really long prayer, but for example, we might do you know a few minutes of the Hebrew, and then like five minutes of the English, depending on on that. I'm not sure on the exact time, probably not a full five minutes, but we'll do a section in Hebrew and then we'll do that entire section in English plus additional sections in English. You know, I think this one doesn't mention um, uh, Yeshua or Messiah at all. Um, Which and, one? Yeah, this particular one. Even Messianic worship won't mention, not all the songs will mention Yeshua or messiah but it's it's interesting that to see one that doesn't directly mention it because all the other ones even the ones with traditional prayers he'll add a line about yeshua and messiah yeah um, but yeah may it be good in our eyes in your eyes yeah i mean it's, so it's i think in in this one like he's not changing anything to to mention um specifically yeshua i mean like you know so you could read into you know redeemer you know certainly um yeah yeah i think uh, yeah that's interesting that's a good that's a good point um uh, i'm i'm curious like it's kind of, i feel like this is kind of a prayer to say so maybe it's it's saying maybe good in your eyes but it's also kind of like referring back to us like you know may we live lives that are kind of worthy of our of our lord obviously ultimately and it, it, he does mention our redeemer so ultimately you know we we need we need yeshua to to have it really be an acceptable and really good but we i think maybe part of the prayer is like bringing coming to god and maybe taking responsibility is that, yeah. is that the idea I, mean, I think that you know the offerings please you like the days of old is is something you know that's relevant um i think that's that was a relevant line added um specifically after the temple was destroyed within but it's a it so it's has both uh jewish and messianic uh meanings on that yeah 
Okay, uh, God Lou Lado Naiti is a song that I've that I've heard um, in Messianic Synagogues. It's catchy. It's another catchy one. Yeah, I think it is a little similar to uh, Yeshem Adonai Mevrach. Um, yes. I think it's also the songs kind of are great examples of his style of music. You know, obviously he's he's getting a he has a lot more dramatic and pace songs, but the um, upbeat Jewish influenced um, definitely are what I think of when I, I think of Steve McConnell's music. Um, yeah, it's a good point. This one just yeah, takes um, a short verse from the Psalms and then adds uh, Yeshua to it. Had extra resonance, think of it like the, with the English layer, come magnify the Lord with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Like you know, thinking about what the song is actually talking about, because you can listen to the song and think Yeshua, Yeshua. But it's also uh, <laughs> it's you know, magnify the the words. Basically, it's like you're bringing God's presence, you're bringing Yeshua's presence to the world, like through your actions. Oh uh, yeah, that's my interpretation of that. Yeah, making him big. Yeah. Making his name big. That's I didn't. Uh, I hadn't thought of the outward, and the the reflecting the light kind of imagery. Uh, and he's not saying ET like the extraterrestrial. <laughs> uh, what is it? What is what is uh, ET? Gadlu, I guess uh, Gadlu Adonai ET. Um, it's uh, uh like with, with me or is that? Yeah, it is the uh, with me and stuff like that. Well, uh, bait. Yaakov Nigun. Um, I recognized the word bait this yeah. time because of our Remnant 11 discussion. So this this time it means house, right? Yes, that is correct. The house of Jacob, Yaakov. Yeah. And then Nigun, um, you know, I don't really use that term that much, but I know it's it's basically the like kind of a chorus refrain kind of thing. And traditional Jewish songs and liturgy will use that more, especially Orthodox and Hasidic, where they, um, they actually it's more, you know, improvisation, um, you know, maybe letting, you know, getting into the right mindset, I guess, um, kind of a meditative kind of chant, like, you know, with a, like, lie, 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 die, die, die types of words like that. And so it's, it's interesting that he, uh, that he used that in the title. Um, you know, I think he, I mean, Bet Yaakov, he, you know, House of Jacob is one of the few words in the song. Like there's only, it's really only like one sentence in Hebrew and English. But it's interesting that yeah. he talked about that um, as a nagoon because musically it doesn't really feel like that. It does feel like he's, like it's, improvisational or you know inspirational music versus um but it's a it's a different type of genre than the traditional jewish prayer yeah, i enjoyed cool. it from a musical perspective i guess it would fit have to fit in the right context um i imagine as part of a live worship performance that would work well um doesn't really work as yeah. a as a worship song right you could do it at the beginning right probably beginning of worship 
I mean, there's so many, so many songs on this album that could work as a call to worship. You know, you could, you could start off. You know, the opening three songs could take. You know, he could take like four, five, six, seven songs from this album and sing them early on. And the final song, Who's a Har? I still feel um, like I'm a part of a worship service or just under two minutes long. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of like upbeat moments on this album. And then there's a lot, there are a lot of um, kind of softer moments. And this is kind of one of, it seems like one of the softer longing moments I thought it was an interesting choice to kind of to end this album on a on a longing, um, almost mournful. I don't think it's mournful. I think it's I think it's just longing, that longing, that that desiring. Or it's a Hebrew translation of a New Testament verse, um, but with you know without the English in it. Um, so it's Hebrews one three. Um, here's the notes from. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature, upholding all things by his powerful word. When he made purification of all sin, he sat down in the right hand of the majesty on high. Blessed are you, Lord, he gave Yeshua. So Okay, cool. What's interesting is, yeah, it's talking about like, you know, that Yeshua died for purification of all sin. Fits the, you know, kind of contemplative or, or um, uh, solemn nature of the final song. Solemn and respectful, and like, uh, yeah, solemn before his glory. It's my favorite out of his four albums. The second and third album are definitely interesting in that they they have a you know a complete like concept. Um, one is going through just Shabbat services, and then one is going through the different Jewish holidays, and uh-huh. I think it's a commendable effort on those and because of that you get interesting songs that might not have been written talking about uh, less common worship themes um, but I think that this was the strongest album from a music and lyric perspective his most popular song We Delight is on the first album you're not getting his most popular song or maybe even his you know second most popular song I think Blessed as Adonai was another very common one on the first album. I'd recommend this one. It might be a little hard to find a physical copy at this point now, but there are still, you can listen on YouTube with ads. You can listen on Spotify and other places. I had a cardboard copy of this. I think the, the artwork was pretty cool. You mentioned like the cover artwork and then the physical copy had, a, it was, I think it was kind of like cardboard. Uh, I, I ended up loaning it to a friend and I think it would be nice if his music was more popular. He he reminds me, you know, a lot of people like Keith Green and a few other artists in the Christian community. And I think I think Steve McConnell's lyrics and are are really good. His his musicality is really good. His voice is also I'm impressed with his voice. I think he's really talented. I think you could put this on in like in any synagogue and any church as background music. Or, or you could perform the songs in worship, and it would be good for that for that congregation, generally speaking. I think I would agree on that. Yeah, I think it would work well in the messianic context. Marty gets is a lot easier to for Christians to understand, um, or it's um, oh, yeah. he, his songs are more approachable from 
um, a lyric perspective. Um, <laughs> Maybe track title, song title. <laughs> right. With this music, you have to spend some, it helps to spend some time doing some, some research and reading the notes on it. My appreciation for this album, like I was, I didn't know all the lyrics. I was just going with what English I, he was giving me. Yeah, I recommend this. I want to tell my brother about it. I think my brother would appreciate this a lot. If you want to get in touch with us, our emails messianicmedia at gmail.com. Your Facebook is facebook.com slash messianicmedia. Or we're getting more people listening to the new episodes than the old episodes, so it's nice to, to see those numbers and hopefully we'll continue to grow and we're looking for guests and feedback and all that. Cool. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works. On Spotify, there's an, under the name Steve McConnell, there's another, there's one other album, but it has a very, I, didn't, I haven't listened to it, but all, like all, just even looking at the, the track titles, uh, looks it looks like it might be another artist with just with the same name. It is. There's another artist with a, uh, with the same name, which is interesting. So technically, you're not supposed to be able to do that. If you have the same name, it's still first come, first, first serve, like it is with uh, band names in general. So, and I, and I actually saw this with another um, Messianic artist called uh, Joshua Aaron. There's a oh yeah, yeah, there's another Joshua Aaron that's recording and releasing music. So, like if your, you know, name was Bob Dylan or. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that or like you actually you know michael jackson or whatever you're actually not supposed to be able to release music under your legal name yeah you're you have to come up with a different different name for that even though i'm pretty pretty sure bob dylan's legal name isn't bob dylan right (laughs) right but it's it's funny because if there was yeah if there was someone with a legal name bob dylan you know, let, let like either it's someone being funny with a name, or it's just a coincidence, and someone uh, did that name like before Bob Dylan, you know, became a household name. He still uh-huh. can't use it under that name, you know. Yeah, yeah. But this other Steve McConnell did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know how it is. It's so YouTube will kind of. Uh, uh, a lot of sites will send they'll send it to um that and you end up with a the websites won't differentiate between them as far as yeah how the viewer sees them it actually sends the royalties back to the correct party yeah that's good so Steve mcconnell will still get the youtube money um you know ad revenue from his stuff and then the other steve mcconnell will get music from his stuff they're able to figure out a way to do that it's fair to both artists, obviously. Yeah, so Katy Perry, the musician, um, she had took up a stage name because her birth name was uh, Kate Hudson. Oh, yeah, that's good. That is. Yeah. Which, now, did Katy Perry, did she record? I know she was kind of in the, I think her, pa- her dad's like a pastor in the Santa Barbara area. And then uh, she performed kind of, a little bit under the Christian music scene initially before she obviously kind of changed and took off with her 
our other stuff. But uh, um, did she did she perform under the Kate Hudson name while doing that Kate, stuff too? Or, yeah, she did perform under Katie Hudson. Um, Katie Hudson. Yeah, it'd be that'd be an interesting album to track down. Um, that's, yeah. that's interesting. I, I wasn't even thinking of that necessarily as a Christian artist, and it was a um, complete flop. Uh, sold. She said it sold about two hundred copies. That was a full uh, six years later before. Before she became Katy Perry. She did background vocals for a POD song in uh, the POD song Goodbye for Now, which was 2006. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. I didn't know that was her. Yeah. 